0: Hot round, Red 7! Red 7! Red 7! Don. What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot round?
1: Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big Bob halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation
0: of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch.
1: I need that ball. Get me the ball. You Need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Oh, are you going to get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm going to get you the, you the, ball. Want I guys,
0: the ball. hope you not kill somebody. Welcome back to 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Locke coming to you recording on a Tuesday night. Uh, this will be out early Wednesday morning. I'm actually, when this was released, I think I'm actually going to be on Kentucky Sports Radio Luckett. So it'll be like Inception. You could hear me talking twice. That's a little drop there. That's, that's like a nightmare scenario <laughs> too as well. But I'm trying to do the cross-promoting. Really, I'm just going to be using the entire two hours to promote the podcast. So we got to have a damn good podcast, Adam Luckett. I hope you brought your A game.
1: i I tell you what, there's a lot for us to talk about this week. So, we're going to have a lot of different uh, subjects for people to jump in on because all happened in the college football world. It it, a lot of it's involved Kentucky. Since we last met – and, hell, we haven't even met a week. It hasn't been a week because we had to do an emergency podcast edition at the end of the last week. So, it's only been a couple of days, but a lot has happened in, in those couple of days.
0: And, and most importantly, the big thing that we were kind of waiting on this week, I was kind of like, you know what, there's been some stuff, but I went to – I want the grand poobah. I'm I'm ready for the schedule. Damn it, give me a schedule. It's got to be coming soon, right? And like it. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, my my fuse blew today. I had I had a problem. Like it's good that we we've taken some time and that we were too busy to record uh, Tuesday afternoon because when the SEC announced a practice schedule instead of an actual schedule, I almost lost my bleeping mind. I mean it was it was it was we were in meltdown mode at the Roush House. It was, I was not in a very good place.
1: And I I had texted you the night before asking you about like kind of our content ideas for fall camp. And you were you were kind of telling me that yeah, they're probably not gonna start right when you think they are. <sighs> and turns out it's it, that reason is uh makes sense now because the SEC's kind of got this junked up practice plan. For 2020. Which okay.
0: So I I found out uh Monday afternoon that practice wasn't starting this week. And I was like, well, you know what? I guess if the schedule's up in the air, they can't be preparing as according to plan, if there's no schedule, yada yada yada, whatever. But my overall like thought process was they're taking away games. So how do you make up for that? You you have more practices, and yes, fall camp, it can suck. I've, I've about third week of August every year, I show up to the interviews and I just mail it in because I'm tired of asking the same questions. They're tired of talking to me. I'm tired of talking to them because it, it's a grind. It's, it's, it's a grind. It's a meat grinder. Uh, just constant kind of practices, meetings, team activities, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of get where they don't want to fatigue the players too much, but I do understand the point of, the bigger overall point is those guys that typically got three or four games to just see some tape on themselves. I thought, you know what? If they just have an extended preseason camp, you give the young guys an extra scrimmage or two. Just It's basically a JV game. You know what? And if you sneak EKU from up the road to practice, I'm not going to tell on anybody. But you could have pretty close to simulated game-like atmosphere. The closest thing you could even though you are beating up on each other, but you could give them a few more uh, active game-like situations for some of those those freshmen and sophomores who, to be frank, they aren't gonna, a lot of those guys aren't going to sniff the field unless somebody gets hurt this year. So I, that was my thinking about as to why it would actually be a nice benefit, a, a nice little addition, even though they're taking away games, they're going to get an extended fall camp, everything's fine. But instead, Luckett, they're scaling back the 20-hour work week that they already have going on now. Next week, it's only going to be six hours in the weight room and five hours uh, of, of walkthroughs, which I don't think is that much different than what they were doing. But, like, why scale anything back? It makes absolutely no sense. Like, you already got them on campus. What the hell are you waiting on? You know? There's no reason to, to push things back any farther. Now – what I think is not a bad idea in theory is they're like, you know what, we're not going to make this grueling camp thing. We're kind of going to space things out. you got to have two days off a week. Maybe if things happen, you can wake up. I, I don't know. I, frankly, I don't get it. But they're starting practice a week from Monday, August 17th. And the thing that really pisses me off like it is they've delayed the season three weeks, and yet they didn't equal it out on the back end with with the practice. They're still kicking that down the road for – uh, you know, eleven days or whatever—it it just doesn't equal. And I—I I don't know. I—I I don't. I can't make any sense of it. It made me very mad, and I was close to screaming into my wall earlier over something so stupid and trivial that I never would have been this mad about. They didn't just give us a mm, real freaking schedule.
1: It's almost like this practice schedule is that they're just trying to, hopefully, think it'll get better by the time. What is it? August 17th rolls around. That may be it or August August 7th, I guess. Or August, August 17th, the excuse me. August seventh, August 16th is when they can kind of have that fourteen hours a week um meetings, walkthroughs, which I guess means the coaches can be with them but in the same room.
0: They're already doing that. Like, just, yeah. I don't I don't I don't understand it. And frankly, there's yeah. no reason for me to be this mad other than give me a schedule, damn it. Give me a schedule.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice if we had to schedule. But now it's looking like they could that that buys them the time to not put out the schedule this week, I think. If okay. they do maybe a Friday news dump.
0: I oh, mean, I hope not. I uh I will say look it I was anticipating that we would they would like confirm it when we're talking right now, late Tuesday night, because of what the Wednesda or Wednesday Wednesday AM. <laughs> yeah.
1: As soon because, as I start day work and notice a uh, schedule gets dropped or something,
0: <laughs> but I, I thought that they would just wait until the NCAA had its meeting about fall championship sports. Once yeah. the NCAA would make a decision, they would, they be like, "Okay, all right, now we're 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 scot free. We're in the clear." Well, Adam, what decision did the NCAA make
1: today? They, they, they did what they do best: is kick the can down the road. The fat cats got together. Probably got got into the hotel lobby about nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Had a it's nice a breakfast, mm-hmm. a couple couple cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's Janet and the kids doing? Oh, that's great. Blah 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 blah. Let's sit down for this meeting at eleven a.m. They don't. The meeting doesn't conclude until seven p.m. per Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated. So they have this meeting for however long. Probably got two, three, four meals mixed in. Maybe time to sneak out to the driving range at 4 p.m. for late for break. <laughs> and they don't they don't make a decision. They don't make a decision. Basically they don't do anything. The Meeting today was to determine if they're gonna have host fall championships for all their levels D1, D2, D3, mm-hmm. and if they're not, if they're gonna cancel it, then then the FBS conferences have to decide. You know, are we gonna how are we gonna proceed forward, kind of thing. And some people thought it could lead to. Kind of a dis, uh dissolving of the relationship between the Power Five and and the NCAA.
0: Yeah, that was the kind of like, <laughs> right. oh, the Power Five is gonna go off on its own. The schism's here, but you know what? The NCAA is like N- Power Five. No need to make any decisions because we're not gonna make one.
1: Right. It's it's everybody trying to buy like more time. It, <sighs> and, it, no one. Uh, uh, uh. No one's really willing to stick their neck out there right now for the obvious reasons. So they're all just sitting hoping it gets better, it feels like. And well, it, it Eventually though, you 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 got to do something. You got to do something, right?
0: And it's just I guess you just sigh and wait another day. I I was just wanting some sort of clarity, some sort of something. Yeah. Well, it,
1: I will I will admit when the Pac-12 released their schedule, I guess it was Friday. I took a look at it Saturday morning. Like that was it felt like normal, normalcy again. Now, uh, looking at schedules, breaking it down, seeing who plays who when they play each other. So do they give full schedules? Yeah, Pac-12 is full schedule,
0: out. Oh, they're, okay. They're the
1: same model as SEC um, time-wise. Right.
0: Um, but slightly – is it still the 10 plus one? Or, excuse me, uh,
1: just 10 conference only? hmm conference only, 10 games.
0: I, uh, I did see that they're opening with rivalry games.
1: A couple of them, not all of them. UCLA and USC is the big one. On the I just
0: love that that's the big one when, like, UCLA has been relevant what, once in our lifetime. It's maybe. a
1: jersey game where both teams wear their their home jerseys.
0: And that's UCLA. the only thing that's great about it. Yes, you get to see Keaton Slovis play, and, yes, it's mm-hmm. at uh, the Coliseum. But, like right. – Well, I mean, hell, where do they just put a bunch of banners up? Like, oh, over the entire state? I mean. I don't know. Uh the the Pac-12. You can't convince me. Like USC, UCLA, the battle for LA. What a rivalry! It's like okay, if this is Ohio State, Michigan. Come talk to me, Big Ten. Like that, you don't matter. Uh, UCLA
1: and they play that game on a weird. They play it the week before rivalry week. It's usually. Yeah. <laughs> R- way to say rivalry because um, <laughs> USC plays Notre Dame every other year at home, that that, mm. that Thanksgiving Saturday. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you.
0: Um, but at least the Pac-12 gave us a schedule. But like, it really the Pac-12 got overshadowed by yeah. their own, play- their, own players. Yeah, their own
1: players and like literally 48 hours later. What was the
0: your biggest? So they the Pac-12 players they went on the Players Tribune, ironically, which it turns out there was some kind of big report that the Pac-12 was paying the Players Tribune and LA Times for coverage. Like, which yeah, classic Larry Scott like. You know what? We're not. Instead of making a good product, we'll just pay somebody else to
1: to say we. How have does good Larry product. Scott? How does he still have a job that's beyond me? Uh, yeah,
0: it's like, lucky, like it. I think we could go in there and fart, and it'd be we'd be doing better than Larry Scott at the Pac-12. But it, while he's concocting this grand plan for the way that they'll play football this fall, uh, a bunch of guys in the Pac-12, a bunch of players get together, and they start talking. And the way that a Cal offensive lineman put it, he saw an article in CBS Sports that said anywhere from five to seven guys will probably Mm -hmm. die, and hundreds of players will get it, if not thousands of people will get coronavirus.
1: And that was actually a professor at University of Illinois that Mm -hmm. came out with that report.
0: It's a data scientist, I
1: believe. Yeah, and he's actually kind of backtracked that a little bit Oh, it was
0: great. As soon as they uh, on Monday, he already said, "Actually, I was now wrong." He feels, and I can't find any good yeah. reason not to play. Now <laughs> that's
1: cool. Now, yeah, now that scientist thinks they can, they can absolutely play. Now he would, he did say people are going to get sick. You're going to have cases, and but he did, he did feel safe in saying that. You know, if one, two to three people would die, that's like a worst case scenario, like very, very worst case. But he thinks they could have a successful season where before it was like five to seven. And then what was it like? 30% of the players get sick. It was was really bad.
0: Right. And it sounds like the dude just forgot to carry a decimal point or something in his calculations. And that caused them this big old stink. And what get the, I just from synthesizing the countless articles, because there's a lot of stuff in their demands, but really this is, this is another name for the pac 12 players are trying to unionize. And they're picking a good time to try to do it, and I think they're being pretty effective in their representation. Getting instead of just like Northwestern, they're getting nine players from different schools to be the kind of face of it. Uh, and they say they have hundreds, to be exact. I don't know how much. We don't uh, know yet, right? It's all but you're saying. They're at least uh, the t- the the time where they have the the chips and and the scales are kind of tipping in their favor. It the the timing's on their side, but like it when you look at that list of demands, they threw a lot against the wall and I,
1: I don't know how many of those are gonna stick. For me, uh the big thing was that it's it's combined the two big issues that we've seen. The unionization um is big on the black black lives matter movement, weighs heavily in there. Um they have a demand saying they want to have like this this board where uh, black, a black player from each school kind of has uh, like a, like a group where they talk to like the head of the conference and they hear like their things and make sure like everybody's getting equality or whatnot. We're going to have then, an advisory committee. Right. Right. Yes. They love yes. those
0: committees and panels and more committees and subcommittees. Right. Yeah. And
1: then it's also big on the, the COVID-19 um, which they're, they're pretty much demanding testing and, um, Stuff and stuff like that. They it wanted it an 96. independent.
0: It, it goes back to what? What's the quarterback's name that's got the three decimals? JDE, JTR for UCLA.
1: Dorian Thompson Robinson, DTR.
0: DTR. Okay. I was close. Um, when they had that article in the LA Times where they wanted an independent third party
1: person to like. So they did. Hey, they didn't trust Chip Kelly for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, hell, I it's most of these players and coaches. And as we'll see, I, mm-hmm. I can't blame some of them for wanting to have an independent third party in there. But they get the, you, you mentioned the big three uh, things, but under most of it, I think most of it was just like it goes about the process at which every professional league went about it. And that's the players union meets with the owners. And they discuss what the players want to see, and then the, the they negotiate. And this was the player saying, "Hey, we want to negotiate our terms of return because we don't want to put ourselves unnecessarily at risk. We want to make sure that y'all are checking certain boxes, and we don't have people running around all willy nilly, just coughing all over each other and not wearing masks. And basically, we don't want to be like Virginia Tech, suck at Justin Fuente, uh, but." And I think we're going to see a lot of those kind of allegations all over the country of places not handling the way they should. So they're, they, in, in addition to the COVID stuff, they added a bunch of other things. And I think it was, it was a kind of a negotiation tool. Um, Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like saying, give us 50% of the revenue. revenue that's the next Great thing. Way I bring up. For them to, uh, appease the COVID-19 kind of testing
1: stuff. The big thing for me, um, Coming away from that was really kind of two things. The insurance thing, I think – I don't know how that will work, but I, I, would un, I think that makes sense, especially for football. Um, because of injuries and the physical toll of the game, I think providing people with that would be a good thing. Because yeah, you hear football players have 20 years down the road having multiple surgeries for an injury um, that, mm-hmm. that occurred playing the sport while they were in college.
0: Well, and what could – if you recall back being on campus, being on campus the week after football season ended was just guys on crutches because right. they had just gotten yeah. their surgeries mm-hmm. after the year. So, not and, and not only that, I think that benefit, Hey, it just makes sense. Like, throw the, throw the people a freaking bone here. But from a career perspective, um, as the NCAA likes to say, not all or – what is it? We're most likely to go professional in something other than sports. That stupid mm-hmm. old saying. For a lot of them, yes, that's true. And unlike a regular student, their ability to build a resume to get their ideal career right out of school, it's tough. You know, you see some of these four for forty videos where you know they got guys interning over the summer, but it's not the same kind of resume that you or I could build up while we're going to school. It's just, it's just not because they, they don't have the time, resources, and what have
1: you. But, Absolutely. It's so, full time job. They're going to school plus they have that full time job. Exactly playing a sport.
0: And I think what the health insurance benefit does is it allows them to take their time building that resume before they get a career. They don't have to just go get a job at Amazon so they can have insurance in case they get sick or something. And that's where I think it can be really beneficial, not just to football players, but to everybody where we don't have to rely on mom and dad's insurance. till we're 26. And if your mom, dad, you know, you, you have a little bit more option with your mobility. I think it really would take a, a burden off of people. And I, it feels pretty reasonable. So I like that you uh, included that.
1: And the next one is just name image like this. If the NCA would just go ahead and get this ball rolling, I think it would alleviate a lot of, a lot of problems.
0: And a lot of angst. And you know what, look
1: because the players in this negotiation, they're like asking for 50% of total revenue. And it, it that thing comes off as, like, the coaches are paid to pay too much. Like, there was a demand in there saying. Oh,
0: yeah. Why are you going to pay so much?
1: <laughs> yeah. They want that to come down. Um, they want uh, other sports to come back or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, how you can tell a business that they have to operate a certain way. But if you could pay the players, I think. If you tell the players they get names like this and they can make, you know, they can go out and do a commercial for – uh Brewing bookstore in Pasadena, <laughs> or bar what or whatever yeah, you know, so right, they can make right. a couple hundred bucks um, on the side in their pocket, maybe a month. Hell, just fine with that. But
0: working camps and selling their names is the the Win Bowden football camp instead of now, where they yeah. kind of have to be sneaky about it. They can't use their names to promote a camp. That's an easy way to make a quick buck. Um, but a like it, it would require more meetings. Which they like the NCAA loves these meetings. They just don't like doing anything, and they like taking you know eating their coffee and uh, taking their golf breaks, like you said. But the, it's things that they've discussed, and that's the part that like uh, the transfer thing. Like that's stuff that's been talked about a lot, and it feels like they're getting to. Mm-hmm. And really, <laughs> what I what I think's happening, like it, is the NCAA has been playing the buying time game for so long that like now they're backing themselves into a corner and it's probably not going to turn out. Yeah. You're end,
1: reaching like. the point of no return here. Pretty close. Yeah. So, uh,
0: but I did think it was funny with their 50% revenue thing. Like it totally contradicted the other point of like bringing back sports. It's like, you realize that you fund all of the, like, you, there's not a swimming team. If not for the football team, you pay for the swimming team. That's how right. it
1: works. So, well, the, the bottle of college in general it's set up where the coaches are automatically going to be the stars just because they're here for longer. Yeah. Like players can only stay for so long. And you, it's, you're cycling, like in football, you're cycling a fourth of your roster out or almost, a, or over a fourth of your roster out almost every year.
0: Hell, look what Cal does.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and 180%. then on basketball, yeah, he's cycling 85% of his roster out every year. So, like, the coaches are going to be the stars and they, like, I don't agree because I saw some people throwing out there that coaches should make like, you know, 725 to $1.2 million. I don't agree with that, especially not big time because I think they kind of – they earned that money.
0: The market it, dictates it too. Right.
1: The market – I don't think – like like I don't think coaches should be – a college football coach, I think making $5 million a year is kind of crazy. hmm Especially at, in the college football where we're seeing where – like Mark Stutes, for example – he makes a certain amount of money, but why he makes that money is because of the conference Kentucky's in has dictated that. And Kentucky it's is willing to pay – Yeah, and was willing to roll the dice with him and lock him into this contract that would eventually long-term pay off for the school if he would stay around and if he was successful, and which it has worked. But when you look at it from an outsider's perspective, you're just like, well, well Jesus Christ, it must be nice to – <laughs> to do that to be, you know, a fringe top 25 team and make, you know, this $5 million a year or, what, or whatever with incentives. But I think, you know, the market dictates it. And I think, like, these guys are the stars you need. Like, for college sports to exist, you're going to have coaches are going to be big names. They've always been. And that's always going to be the same. So, at, so telling them they can only make a certain amount of money was something I didn't. That wasn't really what the players were asking, but that was something people were throwing out.
0: Well, and, so the reason why they load up their demands with that is for the negotiation tactics. The only problem is, is it clouds their overall goal. Is because your hot take artists, your Stephen A's, your whatever show is on SMS One, they grasp at that. Your Danny Canales of the world, they just get all takey and everything instead of like saying, "Hey, these guys just want to have a voice and and come to the table." And you know, I mean, we saw what happened with State of Mississippi. You've seen the proposed flags. Uh, the dog pee egg bull flag that's a fish that, that is in yeah,
1: it's a player it's, empowerment era There's all no because of
0: Colin Hill so uh like that's why I I, I don't want to do the well it'll be interesting to see here I'm curious to see how it plays out but like it doesn't feel like that's too much of a ask that the players have some sort of like Every league to get back to playing, the ML their players' union has to negotiate the terms of engagement, mm-hmm. and I just don't see like that. Doesn't feel like a very radical notion for me in the college athletics world. Um, so I don't know. And and I also we we talk well. About it just
1: this. gets to it. It gets to the point though when, like at some point, players are gonna you know they have a union, but at some point they might want representation mm-hmm. on an individual basis. So. At some point, like they're gonna they're they're not going to be able to deny that like if an athlete wants to go out and get somebody to represent him to handle to be like his handler or agent mm-hmm. that, that's gonna they're gonna have to allow that here eventually down the road, and how they kind of because that's always been a stance of no, 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 and well, I think that's something that definitely is going to have to happen eventually.
0: And it's always been a thing and no, no, no. It goes back to everything we said on either the the podcasts are molding other. but just because things have always been the way they were doesn't mean that's the way they they should be. And right. And I'm reading a book by our friends over at SB Nation that the the Sinful Seven book. Look it. I'm sure you've seen them promoting it. Spencer Hall, Alex Kircher, Richard Johnson, and mm-hmm. it it's. They basically made an old western as an allegory for how ridiculous the NCAA came to be what it is today, and it and it it really is kind of ridiculous. But it, it gives me a like hell the the cheating problems that they were worried about back then. It's 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 a tale as old as time. So to act like that all of a sudden, if a player has an agent, or I could go
1: for a good recruiting scandal right now. The, I mean
0: any okay, yeah. Any anything right now would be great. But like the schools are going to cheat as long as there's as long as you're playing sports. Tom Brady and the Patriots, for God's sakes, were cheating. You know, like people cheat to win. I Astros. You know, it's an ugly truth. Yeah. And you know what? They're paying for it now by getting beaned all the time and Joe Kelly just people cheat. right? It's not to say that we shouldn't have rules, but if something is such a regular part of your sport that it's a norm that the cheating is just it's oh well that's just how things go then maybe you should reevaluate the way things are done um but yeah i you know i don't want to get into like a whole like i swear to god i've had this argument on my radio show with tj a thousand times because we got nothing else to talk about right now other than oh pay- paying players and I, I know it gets people worked up but this is the if you couldn't tell, things are coming to a point with all the uncertainty in the yep. air right now. And NCA also lost their teeth a few years ago. What do you think was the moment where they did? North Carolina.
1: That was part of it. I know the Miami oh. thing when they were investigating Shapiro, they royally messed that up.
0: Yeah, that's and then true. they had to
1: let them skirt off, and then the North Carolina thing on top of it, and. I think the rise of Twitter, too. I just think people have kind of more willing to call them out on their stuff. And I think it's caused them to really, you know, put put it in reverse and be very careful about what they're doing and try to um, please people and not try to get too far into things uh, when they don't have to. And I think that's that's been a, a, big, a big part of all of this is that the NCAA – um used to we would you know would bite back on a lot of the stuff, and they're they're just not anymore. and it gets to the point like what like they're gonna break off eventually for football. i a hundred percent believe that I just don't know what that looks like and yeah, what the, yeah. what they do what if it have if it has an effect on other sports like would would Kentucky, Kentucky break off, but then like the basketball team go and join like I don't know the ACC for just basketball, just because you know the football team would be off in their own place. But where would basketball go? I mean, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I think, but so we're inter- it's it's definitely um, interesting times we're in, in right now, but we're all just trying to figure it out. But it does feel like um, the NCA with this act of just kicking the can down the road again. Yeah, they're just trying. They're just trying to avoid, uh, just sit in the corner and hide almost,
0: um, and wash their hands of any kind of liability of any sorts. Um, you, you 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 conferences.
1: You figure it out.
0: <laughs> you mentioned Twitter, like it. There's two tweets that I, I we don't have to dig a lot into, but that really raise some eyebrows. One of which very uh, controversial about our guy Gary Patterson,
1: mm-hmm. who
0: country music star. Uh, as we all know him, first and foremost. Secondly, head coach at TCU for the last umpteen years. And as we saw with the players at Iowa and calling out Kirk which by the way, the fact that they, like, did some investigation two years ago and found there needed to be changed and there wasn't – there was a culture problem all the crap. Iowa, that was a
1: bigger mess than we thought.
0: But TCU, Gary Patterson, that's another one of those, like, culture guys who – Pretty old school. But he's got he,
1: a statue outside their stadium.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he brought them to, from Conference USA to the Big 12 where they are playing with the Big Dogs. I mean, he's their most successful coach ever. And, and he had a player tweet out that Gary Patterson used the N-word in reference to him. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I wish I could pull up the player's name uh, right now. But it, essentially –
1: Redshirt freshman linebacker. And he transferred from Pitt, is that correct? He's from Pittsburgh, Kansas.
0: Okay, that's where I was confused. Uh,
1: and uh, he was a kid that uh, was just like a, you know, high three star. It was a pretty good recruiting one for TCU. They got him out of Kansas, but then he had some grades issues. So he didn't. So he he showed up late a uh, lot. Like he showed up in August. Um, kind of similar, like what Lin Bowden did when he came to Kentucky. It was like mm-hmm. a late arrival to camp, um, it- and then and then didn't really play like three games last year, but preserved his red shirt.
0: Well, and the way he basically tells the story of like trying to get more playing time, trying to do this and coach Patterson, he got mad at me because I tweeted about my girlfriend on girlfriend day. And then he got mad at me. Dylan Jordan's his name. Dylan Jordan. And then he got mad when, uh, he said I was using the N-word to talk about my friends or something like that. And Patterson used that. Instead of saying N-word, he said something like that. And that just – I think the the way – I mean, not a good look. We can both agree on that. Now,
1: he did have – like, one thing for him, he had a bunch of players, you know, the African-Americans, all come out and support him. And even got even players on the team came out and said he said it in a way of like do not say that in our meeting rooms right like, do not say it but he did that what it looks like he did actually say the the word like yeah he, he, he didn't say don't no say
0: way. the n-word he said don't say and he said it it's it's yeah. like a, uh he, he called the shit poop you know like right y, you can't say it you just can't say it and so not a good look but it's also goes to show you Stuff does not happen behind closed doors anymore, Adam Luckett. It just doesn't.
1: No, no, no. These players have voices, and they're getting now that more than ever they're seeing they can use them, they use them mm-hmm. for whatever reason. We saw another thing down or up at Washington State with Nick Rolovich.
0: Oh, yeah. I thank you for bringing that up. See, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Luckett. He wrote down the things this week. I did not. Um, I had child screaming at me today so i'm gonna blame my son he's gonna be my excuse but i'm glad you brought that up because we're in a war of he said she said with nick rolovich where i i don't recall if there was a pack if there was a washington state representative that was listed as a media contact but um do do you have the actual the the i don't have the post pulled up
1: in front of me um but I have a, a article, Adam Rittenberg, wrote for ESPN.
0: Okay, because you can get the kind of the dirty details out
1: for us. Right. So, basically, um, Cassidy Woods, who's a wide receiver for Washington State, he has uh, a sickle cell trait. Um, and so, he would be at an enhanced risk um, during coronavirus. So, um, he goes to Rolovich um, and tells him that he's opting out of the 2020 season because of this because of this um, medical issue. Um, and basically Rolovich um, says that's fine. Yeah, it's um, cool. But but he you know, but he says you can't have you can't be in our locker room or whatever because you can't you, you like it's for players only. I'm, I'm he kidding.
0: also asked
1: in in the you, Yeah, that's what I was getting to. He's got, he also asked him about um, you going to in this thing.
0: unity thing?
1: But this when it was le it, it was released, it happened like a day after the Unity thing came out. So a lot of people assumed it was just kind of real time, but it was actually happened before um before that ha before that occurred. And from Rolovich, I think his statement kind of um insinuated that he didn't really know much about the Unity thing at that point or the the union that they're trying to start. It I, and but, I got the quote pull up here. Yeah, here we go according to the Dallas or the morning news, wherever that's at um, the COVID stuff is one thing, but joining this group, it's going to be different. If you say I'm opting out because of COVID and health and safety, I'm good. But this group is going to change how things go in the future for everybody, at least at our school. It's just, not. it's not like you shouldn't be saying that.
0: (laughs) Now, now in fairness, he was recorded surreptitiously and it's probably illegal, like to record him without his knowledge on a phone call like that. Mm -hmm. And you can record anything now. If that goes to court, yeah,
1: it's probably going to get thrown out.
0: But like, this isn't a court of law, <laughs> right? This is a court of public opinion. And Rolovich was losing it because people thought initially that that because the, the, the kid's mother was very upset. I mean, her son's got sickle cell, like that's yeah. you've got
1: respiratory issues, yeah, from the get go, let own having COVID. Like, of yeah. course, that means. His mother claims that multiple Washington State players who supported the Unity movement were cut and told to clean out their lockers. Well and Washington State came back and said no players have been removed from the team. And
0: in Rolovich's initial point was, Well, if you're opting out, you're opting out. You're not gonna work out with us. Like, what's the point of working out and not playing? Like yeah. that, that that which
1: makes perfectly good sense. Why
0: have your stuff in a well, locker room with 100 other guys
1: if you're, you're not, given You are given a scholarship to, because of you play the sport. I mean, that's the reason <laughs> – You have the scholarship, yeah. You're a, you're and they, they even said they scorer. were going to
0: honor it for at least that year, mm-hmm. and then they would assess it going forward. He just only got in trouble because he asked, well, you're in this unity thing, and that's where
1: uh, – This is relevant for him, I think – it's obviously a learning experience, but this guy has never been at a Power 5 program. He's never had um, a ton of media scrutiny. Like, the biggest place he's ever coached before this was Nevada and Hawaii. So, I mean, Washington State's not even that big, but it is a different, it's a different level. It gets a different amount of attention. Mm-hmm. And he's a first-year coach taking over um, for a program that, you know, probably didn't have the best culture under Mike Leach. Right, right. Um, they had a system that worked, but I don't, th- you know, it probably wasn't. I, I would assume not the best. Um, and they they're coming off a really tumultuous season. Um, they've had two players die in the last two off seasons. Mm. Uh, Helensky, the-, the quarterback, commits suicide, and then they had a starting safety who overdosed this past off season.
0: Yeah.
1: So I mean, it's a, you know, he's taken over kind of a volatile situation uh, there, and he- I think you know we sh- we sh- we're seeing some of it. His- is an experience how he handled this yeah it, uh, you, you just got to be smarter like you, every conversation you have you have to assume it's being recorded when you're well, when you're in a when you're at a level of power like that
0: it's, it's volatile albeit they've been successful recently and that was always kind of the thing with Mike Leach is they're like well he's in Pullman it doesn't really matter because it's Washington State you know he can kind of be <laughs> goofball up there and get away with it and uh, well, when when sports aren't actually being played, you can't really get away with things like that. Um, but really, the way that I mean, if if they're not, if he's not being recorded, that's not a big deal. What I think is the bigger deal, Luckett, as far as coaches messing up, alluded to earlier. Our guy Justin Fuente, who who not not good.
1: I've, I've been talking about this a lot. I've thrown it out a few times. But there's a lot of there's a lot of signs there that it's not gonna it's gonna end pretty bad pretty fast. I don't know if we get to it this year, but I mean it's gonna happen pretty fast and Caleb Farley, um who might be the t- best corner in the country, he's gonna be a first round pick, mm-hmm. comes out and says, "You know, I'm not playing this year I'm gonna focus on the draft uh did um did he say his parents were sick or he has a condition?
0: yeah. I I just – the big thing I got was the quote that he shared after he opted
1: out. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, About the COVID protocols or whatever they had going on.
0: I've got the quote pulled up now. At our workouts, I started having deep concerns about staying healthy. Guys were going home, going to Myrtle Beach, coming back to campus, and we weren't getting tested. We're all together, working out close to each other. You have no real idea who might have it, if anybody might have it. One day I looked around, and we were like 100 deep in our indoor facility. No mess. It's not a good look. And this is this is on the heels. He did the little thing where he acted like he was going to go somewhere else this offseason. And I think mm-hmm. he was even spotted going to the interview. Where was that? Do you remember? Baylor. It was Baylor? Okay. So, you had that whole snafu. And then uh, there was him firing a bunch of people before last season. Like, there's been a lot of red flags. And if you look
1: at their – the The transfer portal, the amount of players they've lost. It's been a ton, and this was a guy who
0: I mean that was seen as like the home perfect hire, perfect yeah. fit. Mm-hmm. That's how it was sold. I mean, same. I mean, even more so than Mike Norvell, uh, the most recent Memphis coach to dip out and and go Power Five with to Florida State. I mean, this was seen as a home run, and man, not a good look for for Fuente and and you just juxtapose it next to the other big name that opted out, Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. Uh, first team. And how that was 10. handled? Yeah, I mean, he he basically he had like a two minute video that looked like it was put together by the folks at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Just like, he, you could you could hear it in his voice like, "This sucks. I want to play." He had twelve hundred yards last year, twenty yards and, per catch. Yeah, they were going to be in in even though Phil Steele, I think he had him picked fourth in the division surprisingly, but I mean they were. Tanner Morgan's top 10 in Heisman, uh, the quarterback, he's top 10 in Heisman odds. So, and doing that without Rashad Bateman, probably not going to be able to happen. And the way that uh, P.J. Fleck could have been pissed off that he's losing his best guy, but instead it's, you know, roll the boat, sky you my, You know, like very cordial. And it really didn't have – it had less to do about with what Minnesota's doing and just everything overall.
1: I think it just – I, there's how you do things correctly and how you don't. Um, it seemed like Farley left and kind of a, uh, you know, Fuente did give a statement say, he, you know, he loved him and supported him, but then Farley goes and, you know, kind of takes a shit on the program a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then and this is on in like the uh, Peter King's column too is what he wrote it in.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. A big Goes deal. to the biggest in a, the biggest NFL outlet you can go to. You know, that's probably what. <laughs> What is that Monday morning? That's probably the most read weekly column uh, in sports column or sports. I mean, it's up there. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, it's,
0: it's, there isn't really anything like it anymore. Like, it's the last of that old yeah. standard. And like the old guys still go to it. It's, it's kind of like rally for diehard football fans mm-hmm. uh, back in the day in the back page of Sports Illustrated. So, uh, pre- pretty crazy to put it out there that way.
1: Right. And then where you see Bateman, it's just totally different. Like, he works with Minnesota, and makes a video. Um, gives a message to like the fans, and then you know seems like very cordial. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it was just you know not <laughs> as do, good. Do you. What so, I just think some signs there with him.
0: Do you see this? Uh, I, I still don't think that we're going to see a huge amount of players opt out collegiately. Um,
1: I will say that, I, I but college players take their their leads from what. The guys in the professional league do, and we're seeing a lot of NFL guys—not big guys, mm-hmm. um, necessarily—but a lot of kind of guys that signed a one-year kind of deal, kind of thing, just taking the year off. So that, that makes me wonder. I think we're going to see more than I, I originally thought.
0: Well, uh, you, as we mentioned earlier with Twitter, you've you've heard some of their concerns. I know there was a guy from LSU who said he lost like twenty pounds. Uh, trying mm-hmm. to, to get over coronavirus. He was telling everybody in Baton Rouge to get y'all's
1: chickens together, to paraphrase. They'd say there is an Indiana offensive lineman's mom who went on this big spiel because her son lost like 30 pounds in a That's few a weeks lot. from having COVID.
0: And then you have closer to home, Terry Wilson, tweeting out simply got some Bra- stuff to think. Brandon Nichols,
1: had a, Brandon Nichols had a similar tweet, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. but if you go did, did you hear terry's feinbaum interview i did and this was it goes against what you would think like like what he said there was pretty much like you know it's been normal we can't wait to play kind of thing well with, and with, that's, you know, that's it it's happened since then
0: that's why it's important to not read too deeply into a tweet because because the because the tone in which he talked about like when paul asked him about that stuff like you could tell it was something that like he knows that he should be thinking more about it and like that there are definitely concerns and that he's legitimately worried about it but it definitely wasn't the same tone in which he shared his excitement there wasn't that same amount of enthusiasm towards it so i do think there's consideration i ultimately don't know um you know the how much so uh now obviously if either him or brandon Eccles, uh if if either of them decide that it's not best for them to play i'd love to see him play they're both juco guys this is their year to shine and i nobody wants to see them succeed more than me but if they feel like that's what they need to do to to keep their family set they're both going to be new dads soon i'm not sure when Echols is expecting but i know that's right around the corner you know, you got to take care of y'all's chickens. And right. if, if that's what they got do to do to do so, then by all means, uh, go ahead. They shouldn't be uh crushed for it. Um, and, you know, we wish them the best. And I would – but I really want to ha- – like, it, it, I really want to ha- have him on the team.
1: Yeah, they're all good players. Eccles, especially – obviously, Carry needs a big year to get drafted. But Eccles is definitely on the radar. You know, mm-hmm. Senior Bell tweeted about him um a few weeks ago so they're, they're he's definitely on their radar and if he's on that radar he's on a lot of um scouting departments um boards yeah so, he's I mean, he's on that he line. has another Keep an eye so- eye out, yeah. kind of he has another solid season he's he's looking at for sure locking up a combine invite and uh most definitely getting drafted so and that would be that's obviously a big decision that i would imagine it's going to weigh heavily um for him is that you know he's another he's a good year away from you know. Changing his life, you know, and his the people around his life, uh, right, in a really right. big way, just by getting, you know, just by getting drafted and making the team.
0: And, and at least in their case, unlike the NFL, where I believe the opt-out deadline is Thursday, uh, you know, these guys they got time. Uh, they the yeah. NCAA is buying plenty of it for them, and they're at least comfortable now. And this week, UK started testing all of their students who are kind of in the process of returning to campuses. Um, So we'll wait and see, but at least as far as the football teams on campus, unlike your Virginia techs, uh, we haven't heard like all of the guys between Terry, Josh Paschal, everybody that's spoken, Drake Jackson, like they're giving rave reviews for how Kentucky's handled the situation, how queen it is and and the protocols they follow throughout this process. Now I saw Steve Adazio trending and when Steve Adazio is trending, it's never for a good thing. uh yeah if you all are like wait steve adazio where's that name the former boston college coach who made the vine uh it's a dude it's a dude it's a dude he, he's he's steve, the old
1: for those who don't know what steve adazio look like imagine a 90s movie high school football movie yeah um the coach for the 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 bad guys, antagonist team. Yeah, yeah. That's what Steve Adazio looks like. He's
0: got, got the goatee, big strong mm-hmm. guy, bald head, big mm-hmm. screamer. Yeah, he. That's a, a good call, Adam. Lockett, good call. Now, I, I was in the middle of. Uh, I, I did not get to inquire about it. I'm assuming that Adazio uh, doesn't have his stuff in order at Colorado State. Am I? Am I wrong in that?
1: Bottom line is, uh, the Colorado one. Um, I guess a newspaper, maybe never or not has this anonymous report where they spoke to 10 players slash athletic department members. And it pretty much it's saying that the gist of it was some members of the coaching staff are asking players to lie about symptoms, um, threatening playing time if they were to having to quarantine from a positive test. Um, and Adazio was trying to uh, make sure that they weren't like, that, that the team in general wasn't missing practice, that they were forcing to make sure practices were getting in. Um, so, but all every quote they had in there was from an anonymous person. Mm-hmm. There wasn't one person that put their name on the quote in there. And then had a thing saying dazio sixty one years old wasn't wearing a mask at practice. um their their defensive coordinator sixty seven years old is not wearing a mask at practice. Um, there was an athletic department member who had um, was probably the strongest quote in there. It pretty much said, like the, the department's going to stick up for. Um, the, the coaches first, not the players, and makes the players feel like they're just, you know, ca- like cattle. I <laughs> mean, um, they, they did have some quotes from the AD on there, and AD was pretty much saying, you know, we followed all the rules kind of thing. We've done everything. We have a uh, – I think we have a compliant um, system set up. And then a bunch of uh, – not a bunch, about four or five players tweeted out saying that, you know, that was a bunch of BS. Like that they, They've been tested, and they, they don't feel like, you know, people are out there sick or whatnot.
0: The, i do find it like i shouldn't say i i don't want to make too much light of it because we are talking about people's health here but i i uh, of all places the fort collins and pullman washington are where you've had kind of some like questionable uh-huh, uh, Blacksburg. it's like all the mountain schools or the kind of reclusive schools are like, you know what? We can just do whatever the hell we want. Damn it! Like, mm-hmm. you can't tell us what to do. Football.
1: And Adazio, another first-year coach, too. Yeah, and where the culture's not in place. Like you go, you go in the first year, and it's, it's, it's a cross for, for really the players. They have to learn to do something a totally different way. So mm-hmm. there, there's. A- some budding heads that goes on there and there's obviously some guys that either get run off or leave because this is not who they want to play for. Right. And so, I, I obviously a situation like this, this is not, you know, not the <laughs> best, not the best, <laughs> uh not the best kind of environment to go through something like that. But for Adazio, like those quotes, I mean, it, they're bad. Like if those, if that's true that like guys on his staff are telling his players a lot about symptoms so they can play. Uh, that's that's, oh, that's bad you can't
0: be doing that that's fireball offense. it really is it's it's almost like you're getting a new boss but on the first day the the fire alarm gets pulled and all of your computers and information and everything's ruined and you've got to establish some sort of working relationship out of that because that's kind of the mess we're in right now and mm-hmm. uh, so you know I, it's it's very lame of me, but I really do feel bad for like all the parties involved because I'm I'm sure Adazio is one of those hard asses who doesn't know how to do anything but be a hard ass. And he yeah. was probably going to piss a lot of people off no matter what. So you add the coronavirus stuff in,
1: and there's just going to be increased skepticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and when Adazio left Boston College, he had a bunch of players come out and say, you know, he was kind of a turd.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And – it makes it makes you wonder, like,
1: why Colorado statement for that guy? But well, he got um, he got Urban Meyer's seal of approval because when they were hiring, right. they used yeah. Urban as like an advisor or something, <laughs> and oh, they ended yeah. up hiring him instead of um, I think it was Ohio State's running backs coach who played at Colorado State came down to him and adasio
0: Well, obviously, it's. Um, there's messes everywhere, and luckily, right now at Kentucky, we don't have to take out our brooms uh, and clean it all up right now. You,
1: the one kind of saving grace through all of this, um, for me at least, I've gotten really into it more than I've ever gotten into it before. Is just recruiting and still chugging along. So, like following that, it's <laughs> kind of been like usually recruiting. is too much. Like there's there's so much stuff you got to go. Th- you yeah, know, got yeah. hoops you got to jump through. But it's kind of been like through all this, kind of like, well, recruiting's still going on, and that that's that's the normalcy we'll go through. So I'll just follow. I'll be following a lot more recruiting. So that's that's kind of the upside down world we're in right now.
0: Oh, and the, my favorite recruiting story was Ken Talley, the uh, ju- rising junior. So he's in the same class like Dan Key and all them from Pennsylvania. Four Star Edge. He he releases his top thirteen, and he wants to make a decision this year, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard on, like, two fronts. Because why why are you in a rush to make a decision this year? You're a junior. Like, you, you got two, you got another year. You're going to be able to take visits. But when Kentucky was a finalist, which final final 13, what a ridiculous number as well, Justin Rowland <laughs> reached out to him and asked him about Kentucky, and he was like, well, I like the school and I like KFC. Which just, you know what? It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And as Drew said, hey, you got to – for a lot of these – I mean, election season is coming up. And for a lot of folks, it's all about name recognition. And what do you recognize with the name Kentucky? Fried chicken. Fried chicken's delicious. I want to go there. I can't blame them whatsoever at all. Whereas like Florida, you think of Florida man. Or you think of reptilian and crocodile. There's all that – Tennessee sucks. Like there, there's a lot of really bad things. So I good for you, Ken Talley. You go, Kentalley.
1: Then we also got another another crazy recruiting story. Armand Scott was hacked on Twitter. Oh, wait, was that the official line? Yeah. He spoke oh. with uh, our guy Justin Rowland, and that's what it was. It was oh, talent. he
0: ended up saying okay. I, I saw that his post deleted, but Armand Scott, who I mean we well, he's a big big receiver uh, from Cleveland area. I forget. It's one of those height schools. Euclid. He, oh, oh it's, on, it's on Heights. I'm shocked there. Um, and not Avenue of Champions either. It's Euclid. He, uh, he tweeted one early morning. My recruitment is a hundred percent open. <gasps> when I saw Jack, I saw, I saw Jack going to write the post. Like, Jack, what the hell is going on here, man? Like, I can't find this anywhere, and he also he's got a bunch of really like stupid social media names. He's impossible to find. I, this I learned
1: media. a trick too for you, Mister Ralph. I was going to tell you this, but I'll go okay. ahead and tell you now. Yeah, on the twenty four seven on their profiles for twenty four seven, they <laughs> have the the twitters linked in there at the bottom. It's a it's a game change. I was going through because the written offers came out this week, so I was I was going through kind of Kentucky's list, seeing if they released um, any other school other than Kentucky, and I found a Twitter link at the bottom, and it's like that for all of them. It's, it's a lifesaver.
0: It's handy-dandy because his name is like Will yeah. Cuddy something. Lil uh, Pwn po- or something. Yeah, like I'm not going to find the Pony or whatever. The, right? Yeah. yeah. But he, he, it had been deleted, and it was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And I saw mm-hmm. where uh, Josh Helmholtz, he's the yes. Midwest guy for rivals, he said that, uh, well, Oklahoma and somebody else have been more interested. Ohio State yeah they're they're pushing real hard so maybe that could be the reason why but the official line is he got hacked
1: yeah he got hacked <laughs> and I think he went on lines to say something along the lines of you know like he's still listening to other schools like he's committed but he's still listening
0: yeah and even though we kind of tried to make it's that a, other, other it's people. a
1: high school football recruitment like yeah <laughs> you know you know don't overreact. This is how it works, man.
0: We we also, like, try to make the decommitments thing like another other people's problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, oh,
0: Kentucky, they're just getting the underrated. Well, there, there's going to be some decommitments. It just, it's just going to
1: happen. That's that's the game.
0: Yeah. So, uh, look, I know you wrote a lot of things down. I feel like we touched on yeah. a lot
1: of them. Yeah. Uh, Phil Jerkovich, Notre Dame to Boston College getting cleared. That was what I wrote down, and I didn't even bring
0: you, idiot, Roush.
1: That's good um, for Joey. I think that's good for Joey Gatewood's case. Now the only difference is Jerkovich is transferring closer to home.
0: Right, he, he's from he lives Pennsylvania.
1: in Pennsylvania and he's going to Boston College, so it's not like I don't, I, I don't know what the mileage is there. would think it's super duper close, but I think that's um, what they're in this boat. They they transferred because they couldn't win a start job.
0: Yeah, Gatewood so, was ranked like 30 spots higher than Jerkovich. Uh, in the same 2018 recruiting class. Did you see the video Boston College put out?
1: No, I didn't see it.
0: Very funny. In fact, I might. I kind of want you to watch it on air and react to it. I know that's not good radio.
1: Let me pull okay. it. Is that their 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 official Twitter?
0: Is their official account? Um, you
1: know, uh, you know, I'm a big fan
0: of Jeff Halfley. Right. You you you're loving some uh, the the new Boston College head coach from Ohio State. He was their yes. o- OC. Df- DC DC, um, but it's like
1: okay. it's a lot. The, the waiver granted video.
0: Yes, it just says waiver period granted period. Okay, I gotta pull it up.
1: I'm listening right now. I don't know if the sound's gonna play over. Guess not. It, it's not. But... Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <Gump> jacks. <laughs> Spike,
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's got like EDM music. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's like Kentucky Sports Radio. If you wanna. Yeah. If y'all want to check it out for yourselves. But um it's gonna be the,
1: awkward if he doesn't start after that. <laughs>
0: well, he I, I'm sure he, it was noted by some BC writer, he's an odds on favorite. He, so yeah, it's well, certainly I mean, the guy start right now to is a, a
1: walk on. So like he's the only
0: well, and they're they're playing Notre Dame this year. So yeah. there's at least an interesting storyline there. Mm-hmm. Um we don't know if Gatewood would be playing Auburn because, well, don't know the damn schedule. So um the lane game. We, we do know that Lynn Bowden's taking reps at quarterback for the Raiders. I saw, awesome that. That. I saw the
1: OC come out and say they're going <laughs> to use him for some place. Pretty much admitting they they will be running the wildcat offense with him.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, hell, it worked pretty well at Kentucky, you know. Ronnie Brown had that one year. So, like, mm-hmm. why not? I mean, you're the Raiders. You got nothing to lose at this point.
1: Well, that's how you have to use Lynn. Like we talked about, if you're going to draft him and use him, you have to be willing to go all in and mm-hmm. kind of get funky. Uh, move him around. Use him as a gadget player. You, do a and do and get creative. If you're not going to get creative with him, it's you're wasting your time and his time. And you know what? The roster.
0: I would much rather have him in in some of those go on situations than Derek Carr. So I mean, what's it going to get worse? <laughs> is he going to fumble out of the end zone yeah. again? Like who? Mm-hmm. Um, which one week till hard knocks? So like it one week from today, Austin McGinnis is going to be America's sweetheart. It's did happening.
1: you did you watch uh, ESPN Plus does kind of a college version, but it goes into the season. Last year, they did Kansas. <laughs> this year, you know who they're doing?
0: Uh, they picked Wes Miles. I would think that they'd want somebody entertaining. Um, you're, yeah, you're right on Long uh, line. So, I'm thinking like Jimbo Fisher. I don't know why I'm at the LSU, guys. I yeah. don't know if he'd well, let him with, in.
1: They're sticking with Big 12, but they're doing Oklahoma State this year.
0: Oh, God. At, right, right after all that stuff yeah. happened?
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: Oh, man.
1: Yeah. I wonder so if those cameras those first are there few ep- that. The, Those first few episodes I'm going to watch, I watched the Kansas one, but they really, they don't, it's pretty cookie cutter.
0: It's uh, like, I like highlight videos. Mont- yeah. Mont- Mont- Les Mont- Miles
1: fires Mont- yeah. is OC, and they don't like, it's just like, they give you a little, like a, a, line, a sentence or two on the screen, and then it's just on to the next, you know, the next. <laughs> that's it. I was oh. like, really? That's all I get? <laughs> that's it? I don't get at least kind of like Miles kind of explaining behind the scenes why it had to be done.
0: That's all you get. So, right. I, 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 don't,
1: I think they'll probably skirt away from that, but it will be.
0: Did, uh, will did be DJ Ellie
1: get a lot of screen time on yeah. that? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Yeah,
1: DJ Ellie. So, I only watched – I watched, probably watched five or six of those, so it got to like the third or fourth game of the season. Then
0: I yeah, kind
1: of yeah. zoned out after that.
0: Well, we don't want you all zoning out if we talk too much longer. Uh, but, I don't know. We might be back here if they drop a schedule sometime this week. We might not. Who knows what's going to happen? We're kind of playing things by ears, but... So are they. (laughs) Yeah, everybody is right now. But uh, we appreciate y'all for listening to 11 Personnel. If it's your first time, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And thanks for hanging with us for the almost hour of conversation. Uh, If you want to leave us a review, uh, we'd appreciate those five stars. And really, we're just happy that you're listening to us talk a little bit of football as the season it draws nearer, even though it's farther. And I don't know. There's still games scheduled for three weeks away like it. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we're going to Sun- have football soon.
1: Sunbelt came out today, said they're going to play full slate. So we should get some more announcements from the other small leagues. Football. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like, man.
0: Right. We're fine by the pants of our state. And that's what makes the day-to-day
1: blogging grind. A the threat. weirdest The weirdest off-season ever. The weirdest Hopefully. and the fastest off season ever, or at least to me. It seems like it's flown by ever since March.
0: I haven't even really dug into my Phil Steele either, because it's just I like it's not weird. like I've got all this dead time I to know. like study up on teams. I'm I'm wondering what player on which team is mad now. You know, like
1: there's yeah, something. It's,
0: it's, it's weird. It's a mad mad. We just need
1: run. we need well, pra- well. I was hopeful practice would start so we would get some information whether good or bad but now we're even gonna have to wait on that so it's just like i don't know man it's like a, like we're living in the twilight zone
0: i don't know man we're living in the twilight zone tommy chong or adam luckett you just said it. either way fair assessment of what we're living in right now either way we're gonna just talk we're gonna talk ourselves through it all um, we hope you all enjoy listening to all of our conversations over the coming weeks Hit that subscribe button to get them all coming to your phone. You'll be the first if you hit subscribe. Sometimes it takes a little bit long if you don't. So hit subscribe and keep us locked in each and every week when we come to you with a brand new episode of Love and Personnel. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats! Go Kroger!